Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Blind Perspective here on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? The show where you get the down low and perspective, my blind perspective, on uh, today's news. I am your host, Victor Gouveia. And if you like what you're going to hear, hit that like button. And uh, if you want to watch us, you can watch us live on YouTube, on our Facebook page, or on Twitter. But if you can't catch us live, you can catch us on most podcast catchers, whether it be software or hardware. You can even ask Alexa to play Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And she'll go out and get all our episodes for you. It's been a rather <clears throat> busy week this week with uh, the crowning of Prince Charles, or I guess he should be known as King Charles now. Um, and I know a lot of people are eager to see that, but um, something else has happened that has sort of hit closer to home for for me anyway i'm not sure if uh if uh anything has been done for you guys um well you guys being people in the u.s or other countries where you're living hi debbie Sorry, um, my, my apologies. Um, here in Canada, as some of you may or may not know, we have a world-class universal health care system. It's, it happens to be the pride of a lot of countries. Um, in fact, one of the oldest... Well, actually, a lot of countries have universal health care. Yeah, I think all but 47 of them do not, including the U.S. But, I mean, the oldest country out there to have universal health care is Norway, which is over 100 years old. Now, they've really got their shit together. Suffice it to say, they haven't quite gotten it. 100% completely right. Uh, and according to some articles I've read, they say Sweden has the best healthcare system, uh, bar none. I actually thought the UK would have been first on that list, but it, it apparently isn't. But with all that, there are a lot of things that governments have to do in order to give away free health care. Uh, the main thing being, well, charge you high taxes. I mean, don't get me wrong. The health care is amazing here in Canada. Um, 
And the healthcare in and of itself is amazing across the board, meaning all provinces, no matter where you live, and all territories have access to that healthcare. Uh, but where I live in Ontario is one of the best places to live if you are blind or visually impaired. Now, you guys know about this. I've made no no bones about it. I've uh, actually I've actually uh, referred to it a lot. I mean, uh, when I first moved to BC, I was I was. I was caught dead mostly because of the culture shock. I mean, moving from a a six million person town to a, a small town of twenty three thousand was amazingly, um, well, it was amazingly, amazingly weird for me. I mean, I was in a place that never shut down to a place that shut down at 5 p.m. And uh, that was hard for me to swallow. Hell, even on Sundays, it wasn't running at all. Um, but I digress. Either way, if you want to be blind, you want to do it here in our province of Ontario. Now, we have a lot to be happy for. I mean, one of the main things is the uh, assistive devices program, which uh, gives away assistive devices every five years. Um, and that's for personal or personal, well, yeah, personal use. You can't use it for business. You can't use it for school. Um, because if you're going to use it for those things, you can't have it. You actually have to get something separate for your schooling and for work, which, again, the government takes care of. In other provinces in our country, you actually have to either go to school or find work in order to get a a computer and even then it's not always 100% guaranteed cuz there is apparently a huge process out in BC but here in Ontario it's given away every 5 years because Ontario uh knows that we can't do very much without computers I mean, let's face it, folks. If you didn't have your computer, where would you without? Where would you be without email? Where would you be without downloading books from NLS Bard or the Canadian Library System? Where would you be for appointments? And where would you be for printed letters? How would you read them? I mean, we can't all afford iPhones. But, for the most part, computers work for us. They read our mail. They keep us in touch with the rest of the world. They do everything nowadays. And that's 
thanks to our universal health care. Now, presumably, I'm under no illusion that we are a very lo a lucky province to live in. Mostly because our province is the one with the most populous province in Canada. I mean, we've got about 14 million at last count. Uh, which is roughly a third of our of Canada's total population. And that's saying a lot. Of course, Quebec is is uh, a close second, but their numbers are still nowhere near as 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 large as ours. They've only got about eight million. Now we're talking all of uh, all of the province. We're not just talking, a big city, albeit here in in Toronto, you've got a large portion of the a large part of that fourteen million living in the city, and so those taxes pay for all of that stuff. But with that in mind, governments have a hell of a time trying to balance out. Cost cutting measures and 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 stuff that's going to cut costs and make that universal health care manageable. Well, that's fine and good. I'm all up for that. But not when it affects my health. Let me explain. One of the cost-cutting measures that the doctors here are supposed to observe now is to stop doing full physical exams. Now, that's going to be a problem. Because where would we be without full physical exams? In fact, a, lo a, a lot of jobs, a lot of employment uh, opportunities here require full physical exams. For example, the public transportation system here in, Can in Toronto, the Toronto Transit Commission, requires their employees to have a full physical exam once a year. In fact, that's one of the prerequisites to a well-being, healthy life, to have a full physical exam once a year. And, and it's no wonder, because I'll be honest, I never gave it much thought when I was younger. When I was younger, I was working. I was all consumed with the mighty dollar. Mostly because I had a mortgage to pay. I had a mother to support. But aside from that, I didn't feel like shit. But ladies and gentlemen... If I'd had that medical exam once a year, 
or a full physical exam once a year. Perhaps I would have caught the shit that turned me into a blind moron. Yeah, and before you jump on my case, no, I'm not saying blind people are morons. I'm just saying I'm the moron because I was stupid enough not to listen to my doctor when I should have been listening to him. Yeah, I know. I know. You kind of have to believe a guy who's been your doctor for 48 fucking years. But come on, folks. Let's uh, let's be honest. How many of us actually listen to well, Okay, maybe all of us should listen to our doctors. And, and But you have to understand, I was feeling immortal. And by immortal, I mean omnipotent. I didn't think I could be hurt at all. I had the strength of Hercules. I, <laughs> I smoked like a fucking chimney, of course, but... Like I said, it never affected me. The only thing that actually effect, affected me was back in 2021. And this is ironic because I was watching TV and I was watching a um, a, six, a 60 Minutes news segment. And it was about sleep disorders. And one of the sleep disorders they talked about was sleep apnea. Now, they were talking about the symptoms of sleep apnea. And I was listening and I thought, holy fuck, that's me. And sure enough, I asked my doctor, Doc, I think I have to go get a sleep study. And he asked me why, and I told him why. So he sent me for a sleep study, and sure enough, I had severe sleep apnea. To wit, I now use a CPAP and have used the CPAP since I was 21. Now, that has pretty well. I believe the CPAP has saved my life a number of times. But the thing that got me concerned about my sleep apnea was something my sleep doctor told me when I first got the CPAP machine. John Candy died as a result of sleep apnea. Now, for those who don't know, John Candy was a movie and television star. He was a very funny and charming man. He did shows like SCTV, and I think he was on Saturday Night Live at some point. And uh, he did movies like Uncle Buck. And some other favorites that we've all come to love. 
but he was a hell of a guy. Rich beyond all measure, and he gave back by supporting and buying the the Toronto Argonauts Football League. I mean, he really took care of his friends. But he died because on the, he was on a movie set for Wagons East. Or was it Wagons West? Yeah, I think it was Wagons West. Or Wagons East. Either way, he was doing a Western. And uh, presumably, he died because he did not have a CPAP machine with him. And that sort of hit home. Victor should look after his himself. Because if somebody like John Candy can get killed by something as minor as sleep apnea, then what hope do I have to live forever? So I started taking my care, care of myself about my sleep apnea. That's not to say I took care of myself with the rest of myself. That being, I had blood pressure issues. I had significant, significant, excuse me, significant obesity. And, of course, the the main point, my diabetes. They had what they called, I had, rather, what they called borderline diabetes. Now, that's when you're straddling the fence about being a diabetic or not. And at the time, it was uh, manageable by pills. But I never took them. In fact, if it wasn't for my wife, who forced me to look after my health, I would probably be dead today. In fact, my doctor said, if you keep going the way you're going, you're not going to live past 50. And I believed him. But my wife drove it home and forced me to look after my sorry ass. So I did that. Having said that, I didn't do it soon enough. Now, if I'd had that full physical exam, because they do recommend that people with diabetes get their eyes checked at least once a year, if not once every two years. Again, I never did that. I only did that when my glasses broke or I needed a new prescription. Of course, that would have been my first clue if I had been smart because Lord knows you need a new prescription. You're going further blind. Stupid. Except that didn't happen. So there's that. 
they're actually discouraging full physical exams. The other policy change came in the form of a letter that I received from my doctor the other day or the other week. Essentially, what it said that a lot of patients are requesting prescription refills by phone or fax. Now, that was something I was happy about because my doctor is right in the heart of downtown. In fact, there he's just outside Little Italy between Little Italy, Port, Little Portugal, and Chinatown in Toronto. In fact, I grew up in that area. My whole life. That is not, however, where I live. Because I live all outside in the East End. Of the city. So by bus it takes me a good... A good hour, hour and a half to get downtown. And no, it's not because it's far. It's actually only 14 clicks. Sorry, 14 kilometers. I have to remember you guys aren't up on the, on on Canadian terminology. But um, it's only 14 kilometers from my house to downtown. As a well, that's driving kilometers. As a crow flies, it's more like uh, 12. Uh, Having said that, I do take paratransit, which is amazing because our public transportation system, while it is for the most part fully accessible, it's still not the best. In fact, one of the stations is the reason my wife is on paratransit. Because she has problems going up the stairs. And one of the stations that the bus goes to doesn't have, is not 100% accessible. Which is interesting because according to their charter, they're going to be fully accessible by the year 2025. And I have to see that because I don't know how they're going to make this this, uh, station accessible. But either way, I use the Bear Transit system, which is door-to-door. And that is also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so it can get me to the doctor with no major issues. I mean, every once in a while, I'll I'll get a late ride or, or a ride that doesn't show up for some reason or another. And that's usually because of traffic or because the driver's an idiot. And, uh, you know, I don't blame them. Shit happens. They've got about 
a hundred and a hundred thousand employees and about two thirds of that are drivers. So there's bound to be one idiot in the mix. But having said that, one of the best parts was I could call my doctor. I mean, my doctor is, has been my doctor for 48 years. Now, we're talking GP, general practitioner, family physician. Uh, and he's a doctor I've had for 48 years. Now, you might be thinking, how is that possible? Vic, you're 52. Yes, that's right. I've been seeing him since I was four. My mother has been taking me to him since the age of four. So you kind of have to expect I've come to trust this guy. And one of the great parts about this guy was that I could call him. And I would tell him, hey, doc, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, infection. I need antibiotics. Or if my wife came down with a sinus infection, which she chronically does sometimes, I would call him and say, hey, doc, she's got another sinus infection. And he would say, okay, I have to have the pharmacy call me. And the pharmacy would. They would call him. I would call the pharmacy. They would call him. And uh, he put in a script for antibiotics that would come to me. I, it would be delivered. Well, that's no longer happening. Because as with all good things, good things must come to an end. My doctor retired. After 48 years, you kind of think he would. I mean, he was committed to his craft. He listened to his patients. He trusted his patients. And he knew how to talk to them. And... He was a great doctor, and I'll miss him very much. Well, there was another doctor that took over his practice. And this doctor could learn a thing or two from being a doctor. Now, that's not to say... He's a complete ignoramus. I shouldn't say that because he hasn't treated me enough. But he is awfully money-centric to wit. As of now, prescriptions can no longer be refilled 
by phone or fax. You have to come in. You have to bring all your prescriptions with you. All your pills, rather. And he has to see it before he refills anything. Well, that's great. For someone like my wife who has to go in once every three months, that's great. Okay, that's fine. No skin off of her teeth. She actually works downtown. But for me, I get my pills blister packed. Now, for those who don't know what that is, a blister pack is essentially a package which is prepackaged by the pharmacy. And it comes with little bubbles containing your pills for that particular time. For example, morning, noon, evening, and bedtime. Now, I've had this system for quite a while. In fact, I would say at least 11 years, if not longer. And I get that on a weekly basis, not a monthly basis. So he has to refill those pills on a weekly basis. Well, according to him, he's no longer doing that. So I have to schlep my way downtown on a weekly basis just to get my scripts filled or refilled by him. And then I can fax them to the pharmacy, presumably because the pharmacy will still take my faxes. I could email them, but I don't trust email. And not because I don't trust the security of it. I just, you know, I just prefer faxing because it's, it's straight away. But either way, he's no longer doing that. Well, I can't. I can't afford to go downtown once a week. And no, I don't mean in terms of cost. I do not mean that. It is not the cost of getting downtown. It's the time and resources to get my fat ass downtown. Yes, I do feel that doctors should perform that yearly physical once a year on their patients. How else are they going to catch shit that patients don't realize they have? When I went to see my doctor, 
I had no idea that I was diabetic. I needed to get a full physical exam for my job. And he caught my diabetes. And no, he was not derelict in his duties. He did warn me about my diabetes, and I just didn't fucking listen because I'm stupid. I told you that. I did say I'm stupid, didn't I? Yeah, I did. So there I am getting that full physical. And yes, if it wasn't for that full physical, a lot of shit would not be known about my health. But for me to go down there every single fucking week just to refill my script is ridiculous. But ah, here's the catch, folks. He's perfectly willing to do it if you take his monthly prescription or subscription thing he's got. Which allows for that sort of thing. Well, that's awfully strange, isn't it? Why would he say he's not doing those refills anymore, but yet he's perfectly willing to do it if a person pays for it? And by paying, I mean on a monthly habit, a monthly subscription. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I think that's perfectly fucking stupid. Now, don't get me wrong. I fully expected companies like Microsoft. I fully expected companies like what is it, VFO or Vespero or Freedom, what well, used to be Freedom Scientific, to go that route too. If only because, well, you guys in the US don't have what we have up here. So they found a way to get JAWS to those who couldn't really afford the full package for $1,000. And I don't blame them. It's a good idea. Because I happen to know a person can afford 100 bucks a year, more or less, or better, 10 bucks a month. But they can't afford $1,000 a year. Which is just under $1,000 a month. But, family doctors are far from being a necessity. 
especially not here. Yes, I will admit Toronto has long wait times and shit like that, but it is Toronto with almost 6 million people. So you have to expect there's going to be a bit of a backlog. But we live in one of the greatest countries in the world. Where internet is unbelievably fast. Where everything comes to us at the drop of a dime or a phone call. Or as the case may be, the running of a nap. But we are certainly not starving for fucking doctors. At all. So where does this doctor get off? thinking he can charge his clients or his patients rather a monthly charge simply because he doesn't want to put in an extra hour's work. Now don't get me wrong. When I first started with this guy, I thought, hey, yeah, you know, a fresh face, a good perspective, cool. But I had some interesting questions. First and foremost, when my wife told me that he was fat. And no, I'm not talking about a couple of pounds here and there. I'm talking about morbidly obese. Can I trust a doctor who is looking after me as a morbidly obese man to be morbidly obese himself. Now, my doctor walked everywhere. My previous doctor, who retired, walked everywhere. He even came to see me in the hospital a couple of times on foot. He doesn't drive downtown. And he doesn't take the bus. He simply walks. So you might say he was in good health. So you can have to figure he must know what he's doing. But. 
buddy who weighs upwards of 350 pounds? Does he know what he's doing? Does he know how to eat right? Is he looking after his own health? See, a lot of us go to the doctor. Well, whenever we're being affected by some malady, you might have lower back pain. So you go to the doctor and hope that it's just a muscle spasm. But unless the doctor runs tests, and finds out you've got a slight protein spillage in your urine, you won't know that you have issues because your kidneys are failing. Or if you smoke two packs a day, and you figure you'll be okay, well... Not only is that utterly stupid, it's utterly foolhardy. But most of us usually only go to the doctor when we're feeling sick. But a lot of ailments, AIDS, hepatitis, cancer, they have no outward symptoms until it's too late. And by the time you have symptoms, you've got months to live. So you might say a lot of us take doctor visits for granted. I also think a lot of doctors take us for granted. Because no matter what, they're always going to consider themselves an essential service. And no matter what, they know that there will always be a need for doctors. In other words, job security is not a foremost concern of his. That does not mean that he should be able to charge his patients when the government isn't paying him enough. If you want that sort of system, by all means, move to the United fucking States. Don't do it here in Canada. Above all, don't do it here in Toronto. Because you have to understand, a lot of people...
come from other countries. In fact, most of our population growth came from immigration. About 17%. We went from 35 million to 36 million. And again, one third of that 36 million reside here in Ontario, where I live. And presumably, a great deal of that population here in Toronto, the city where I live. But that does not give a doctor the right to do shit like this. For one thing, my pharmacy does not have script talk. Yes, I could advocate for them to do it, but I really don't want to. I take so many fucking pills as it is. And honestly, they'd all confuse me, to be honest. Not to mention, if I forget to take my pills, I can look at my blister, my blister pack, rather, and if the blister for the morning pills are there, then I know I didn't take my pills, and I should take them. But I can't do that with a pill bottle. And yes, I am fully cognizant of the fact that I have a a piss-poor memory. So we are now faced with doctors who are concerned with the all-important dollar. Now, don't get me wrong. Living in Toronto, you have to be almost rich to live down here. Unless you live in subsidized housing. And even then, it's a real bitch to live down in Toronto. Expensive as shit. But this is a doctor with full sight and full capability of driving so he can schlep his ass out of Toronto to the cheaper, well, not suburbs, because even in suburbs it's expensive to live, but one of the cheaper towns outside of Toronto. My sister lives in a little town outside, about an Eh, half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Toronto, called Innisville. And she sold her $750,000 home here in Toronto and moved up here and got a house that was twice the size of her old house for 250 grand. 
Now, my wife and I can move out there. And we would be completely debt free. Our house is worth at least a million dollars. We could buy a couple of houses out there. Mortgage free. And not only live up there. We would have rental income to play with. Hell, we could even get a multi-unit property. And I could manage it. After all, that's what I used to do before I went blind. But there are certain trade-offs you make when you get up there. For one thing, they don't have a public transportation system, let alone paratransit. And yes, I understand that a lot of people live in small towns that don't have public transportation, but they don't even have a fucking sidewalks. Not sure about you guys, but my dog is 13 years old. She has a hard time remembering why she's outside to take a shit, let alone guiding me around. But there's that. I'm also moving to a town that closes off at night. Now, there is a bigger town about 15, 20 minutes away that I could move to. But it's nowhere near the size of Toronto. Now, presumably over the next 10, 15 years, this town will grow and become larger and presumably better developed. But what am I supposed to do for those 10 or 15 years? Just stay at home? Don't get me wrong. My wife would love that. I mean, her tired and aching bones are tired of working. So she would love that very much. Although I shouldn't say that because she does get bored quite quickly. Having said that, I had a taste of the COVID restrictions where we had to stay home. And 
I was not too happy about it. Not sure about you guys. And going to therapy has helped me discover that while I wanted to be alone most times, that was not the state of being I wanted to live. So yes, I could move to a smaller town, be completely debt free, have enough money to buy me to keep me in computers for the rest of my life and iPhones. But there's a huge trade-off that I'm not willing to pay. And yes, I would have the same benefits in this little town that I would have here. It's just the... I wouldn't have access to the same hours. And that's all it is, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's just time. Now, don't get me wrong. This channel does keep me busy. And some of the work I do for friends does keep me busy. And I don't mind that. As I told you guys before, my mantra in life is to help out my fellow, my fellow man. I feel that's the whole purpose of being. Because what good are you if you're not helping your fellow man? If you're just there to get revenge or live for yourself, I don't think that's much of a life. But that's my opinion. But anyway, listen, folks. I'm digressing. I am digressing. So... I'm going to take a break. Well, we're going to go for a break. <laughs> and um, let me get it up here. Oops. Sorry, folks. Okay. Okay. Um... So, I'm going to take a bit of a break. It's only about a minute. 
I'm going to play this ad brought to you by Total Tech Solutions. We are sponsored by them. I should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show, and I apologize to Sean for that. Um, so listen to this ad, and uh, I am going to paint, paste the post, the join link at the bottom of the uh, in the comment section, and you guys can come on and voice your opinions if you so want to. All right, so we'll be right back. Introducing Total Tech Solutions, your Texas one-stop shop for all your assistive technology needs. We are proud to offer the Blind Shell 2, the revolutionary device that makes it simple for people who are blind or visually impaired to use a smartphone. Visit our website at blindtech.org to learn more and to order yours today. Feeling adventurous? Explore your world with the ARX headset, which provides real-time audio descriptions of your surroundings. Our experience team is part of the I Can Connect program. TVIs, enhance your teaching skills and support students with comprehensive training on JAWS, voiceover, and other assistive technologies. Visit blindtech.org for more information. Enter coupon code BLIND for 10% off site wide. Let Total Tech Solutions help you with all your technology needs. Call 833-577-8887. 833-577-8887. Welcome back, folks. So what do you guys think? Am I being unreasonable? I mean, should we have our taxes going for other things besides healthcare? I don't think so. But again, that's my opinion. Oops, sorry, my camera's been on all this time. <laughs> I hope you guys haven't gone blind just looking at me. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to get your opinion. Your perspective. So, what do you think? Am I reaching... For an argument here, am I being unreasonable to doctors? Am I being unreasonable to this doctor? Oh, yeah, I still suffer from diabetes. Sorry, Deba's asking. Oh, really? I didn't know this. Deb says you have to be over 50 for a yearly health check in the UK. Huh. Well, probably because you guys have to line good old Charlie's coffers. Right? I mean, you guys do have to pay tithings to that prick. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure the queen was a lovely woman. <laughs> okay, sorry, I can't I can't say that with a straight face. 
I mean, a lot of us came here to get away from the bloody royalty, and uh, yet we're hearing all about them <laughs> on every news outlet and newspaper and internet site. If it isn't trouble with the grandkids, it's trouble with the kids or her dying or him ascending to a throne and they're going to change all the money in the world to have his picture on it. Well, gee Whitakers. I mean, for Christ's sakes. Charlie's face is a face only a mother could love and two cousins could make. To quote my favorite comedian, John Oliver. And, uh, but all of us in North America came here to get away from the guy. But we still have to deal with them in some way, shape, or form. At least here in Canada, we do. Or, uh, if you can believe it, back when I had my own business, back in the early 2000s, I had to get business insurance that actually indemnified the queen. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. When you get a business in Ontario or any place in Canada, you actually have to get liability insurance that protects the queen from liability. I mean, I think that's utterly ridiculous, but hey, you know, she's trying to save up her crown jewels. She doesn't want to have to spend it paying out to all kinds of insurance claims. You know, I'm sorry. I can't say it with, with a straight face. I just can't. I mean, it's ridiculous. I had to pay upwards of 500 bucks a month to protect some woman who was 10,000 kilometers away on the other side of the ocean. But that is something we have to do here in Ontario because we're not completely 100% free from our royal family. So how do you guys feel? I would love to get your perspectives. If you want to come on, use the link in the comment section and come let everybody know or let me know how you're feeling. Whether what I'm saying is reasonable or not. Personally, I don't believe so.
<laughs> According to Debbie, they're giving everyone in the UK free internet access so everybody can watch Prince Charles get king uh, crowned as king. Well, yeah, but we are all doing that. I mean, let's face it. How many of us are paying for politicians to gamble, take drugs, abuse children? Hell, we've been doing it for fucking years with the Catholic Church. You're going to tell me that priests have been abusing their, their, what do you call them? Altar boys? In just the last couple of centuries? No! According to them, the Catholic Church has been around for a couple of thousand years. And you think they've been celibate all that time? Fuck no. No, and if you believe that, I've got a couple of bridges I want to sell you. Now, Deb, you're saying healthcare over there is shocking, but I don't understand how. Really? Now, see, I heard that was the opposite. A lot of people are going to the UK to study at Oxford and all kinds of... uh, universities over there just to get the credentials. Yeah, they do over here too in a certain in a certain extent. Uh Deb says that they give computer uh, children computers to use at home. And uh, I think that's a great thing. I mean, just now, the U.S. is getting on board with uh, giving low-income and kids access to the Internet, which I believe they should have had long ago, especially in a country like the U.S., which makes trillions of dollars a year in, in income. Of course, they also pay trillions of dollars a year for military. But let's not digress again.
Well, Deb, you're not the only one who's not a fan of the UK royal family. In fact, I believe uh, only 41% of UK people are actually interested in the bloody people. Yeah, only 41% of you actually give a shit about the royal family. Especially now that the queen has died. <laughs> In fact, I don't think King Charles would be as famous if he hadn't fucked over Princess Di. Well, okay, I understand that some of them have a hard time with English. Deb. But the fact is, they are coming there to learn, and presumably, they're learning to be good doctors, presumably. But that doesn't mean that they're not good. Well, you can't say that, though. You can't say it's no proper training. Because it's not... Well, it might be true, but... I think that's more of an exception than a rule. Because I know a lot... of people... In fact, when I was... In my teens, I worked at a gas station, which also doubled as a taxi depot. And you have no idea the number of men who came in with degrees in history, English, all kinds of degrees, but they couldn't work in their given profession because they weren't what is it up to Canada no I'm not I'm not even gonna say that it's because their English wasn't that great so simply because they don't understand English which by the way is one of the main language spoken in the world today doesn't mean they're poorly trained. It just means they can't vocalize or, well, not even vocalize. They can't articulate what they need to say. So a lot of these people have to be Loners who work on their own who don't accept help because they can't explain their, themselves properly. Unfortunately, that is a fact. A lot of people immigrating to our countries, our respective countries, whether it be the U.S. or Canada or the U.K., are... Uh,
Yeah, they are. Deb says they're always on strike for more pay. And that's true. But let's face it, how many of them are so poorly underpaid? It's unbelievable. From what I hear, that's the case in the UK. A lot of doctors are really overpaid. It's the same here with any profession. My wife is unbelievably underpaid. And she does a lot more than her supervisor does. And no, I'm not afraid to say that. But yes. I mean, it is truly a wonderful thing when you come across a teacher who is teaching your child the way they're supposed to be taught who actually cares about what they're doing. Who actually cares about the type of education they're giving our children. Who works tirelessly for a pittance in pay simply because they know that these children are going to be governing the older people when they get older. So to vote, devote your time to the children now while you can so that later they don't grow up all self-absorbed. <laughs> I think they call them millennials nowadays. Back when I was growing up, they were, oh, what were they called? The baby boomers, I think. Or Gen X, I think they were calling us. Generation Y, Z, K, B, and D. I don't know. I mean, that's almost as bad as the LGBTQ uh, people. They have so many letters being tacked onto their th thing, you can't hardly remember them. But, um, like I said, I mean, I would love to get your opinion. I would love to get your perspective. If you want to come in, go ahead. If you want to voice something in the comments, feel free. We are not above listening to reason. And by all means, if you can change my mind about doctors, by all means, do it. I don't think healthcare is anything to fuck around with. I know what can happen with bad healthcare. Hell, you just have to look down south of the border for that. But I also know what can happen when healthcare is not adequate enough. Case in point, Mr. Victor Gouveia.
and don't get me wrong, it's not just me. I know for a fact it's everybody. Even my wife, who hardly ever goes to the doctor, who used to hardly ever go to the doctor. She was too busy. She's suffering for it now. Rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, borderline diabetes, which she is managing to, to control, but with her diet. So she's not uh, on as much medication as I am. It's the pain that gets her every time. But yeah, she hardly ever went to the doctor unless she ne absolutely needed to. In fact, I uh, she told me about the job that the doctors did on her nose. Apparently, they fucked up on that. Just like they fucked up on my eyes. I mean, I had to wear Coke bottle glasses my whole life simply because the doctor was stupid enough not to do the right thing. Or he made some sort of mistake. Same with Annabelle. She had a cute little button nose and then she got screwed up by a doctor. Oh, and another doctor gave her a huge scar on her backside because of a vaccine she got back when she was a kid. <laughs> so, you know what? Doctors are fucked up everywhere. You're bound to find one or two. And yes, I am looking for a new doctor. But until I can actually find that doctor, I can't switch because I need somebody to approve my meds so they can keep coming out to me. Now, having said that, I am being a little chauvinistic. Or not even chauvinistic. I am being... Well, what's the word I'm looking for? prejudiced because there are a few stereotypes that I'm actually looking for in a doctor one of the main stereotypes is that he, he or she be younger Another stereotype is that they speak English. I don't want to have to decipher what they're saying in addition to trying to figure out what's wrong with my health. Now, the other thing I'm actually looking for, and you may, you may think this is irrational, maybe even stupid, even a bit chauvinistic, I'm looking for a female doctor. Now, you might think, why are you looking for a female doctor? 
Well, for a number of reasons. One, females tend to be a lot brighter than males. Two, females tend to think differently than males. And three, and I really can't escape this, my doctor that I had for 48 years was gay. So there's a couple of reasons I'm looking for a female doctor. But again, the government does have a service that will help me find a doctor. But they're saying I have to completely cut ties with my current doctor. So they can take me on as a client. I can't do that. Like I said, it might take a while before they find me a doctor. And I can't afford that because I am currently getting my medications on a weekly basis. So I'm stuck having to look for the doctor on my own. Which is not a very good thing because the College of Physicians and Surgeons here in Ontario has a really old catalog. Well, it's not a catalog, but a list. They have a very old list. A lot of the doctors they have on those lists are old phone numbers. So... Yeah, a service like Health Connect is helpful and beneficial, but there's when you strive for the best, you have to run for the best. So So it looks like we don't have any other comments and we don't have anybody joining me. And that's cool, you know. If you're not comfortable with voicing your opinion, that's cool too. But that's how I feel about it. So you guys know how I feel. And uh, hopefully that's enough. Anyway, uh, make sure you guys tune in tomorrow morning for the Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me shows. And, of course, over on Saturday Night Adult Party, you can catch uh, Pepsi Mama and myself talking about sex, sexuality, and relationships from a blind perspective. So go over there and subscribe. Or you can catch us on this Facebook page or on Twitter, which we're broadcasting also. Sorry, I have 
I have, uh, I don't know how to separate the, the two from this channel. So, but either way, we're talking about aging and sex. Yes, we're talking about aging and sex. And, well, I'll explain tomorrow, tomorrow night. So tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And don't forget, we're also doing arts on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We're also doing arts on Sunday. <clears throat> and um, Pepsi Mama will be back with all her great hits. I think they're doing Gunsmoke today, this week. Old time radio. So, guys, thanks for coming by. And um, remember, if you've got a topic you wanna you want us to cover, send us an email. Whose blind life is it anyway? At gmail.com or uh, DM me on Facebook or Twitter. Um and we'll look up the topic and invite you on. Anyway, everybody take care. Have a good night. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.